0: IT'S THE SUPER NINETIES BROTHERS! Here is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate.
1: Hate leads to suffering. Hello, and welcome to the Super 90s Brothers, Ow! where we do hazy memory refs on the decade from the darkest side of the force. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. along with me is my co-host, Adam J. Pitzler, and today we're talking about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Ow! Oh my gosh, here we are, Adam. We, we're, we're finally here, we're finally big enough. To do the Phantom Menace, I can't believe it's taken us this long to do this this movie.
0: It has taken us this long. Um, <laughs> taken us, taken us, in <laughs> us. It took us a long time. Uh, it's, you know, it's a big deal. We we had to make sure we had a lot of fans first because you know, like here's the thing: when you do Star Wars stuff, the nerds will come for you.
1: They they will come for for you, yeah. And they're gonna uh, come
0: for me, like after they hear what I have to say.
1: Oh man, so I I'm I'm excited. I. I don't really know too much about your, your love for, or hate for Star Wars for that matter. And I feel like there's so much around this movie. Cause it's, it was like right in the middle of our like adolescence. Like we're, there's just so much to talk about here. Yeah. We were like 15 when it came out. So we, I was,
0: you know, I wasn't quite like a snob yet when it came to movies. So, mm. you know, I don't have love or hate exactly for this particular movie. It's kind of a, it's kind of a mixed bag. How's things
1: going in your world? everything's great here. It's, it's, it, it's been a lot of, uh, I've just been making more and more podcasts, more and more people want to make podcasts here in Spokane, Washington, and I'm just helping them do it. So it's been, it's been really good. You're helping everyone live out their dream of making a shitty podcast. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: You're, you're, you're doing the world a service and taking their money for it.
1: I mean, I, i I would say I'm doing them a service and you know, I'm taking money, you know, and, but you know, people have are realizing that they can make podcasts now so and all they got to do is pay you exactly i'm making it approachable adam that's what i'm doing you are at an affordable rate for those interested exactly you're you're a man of the people i am i'm a man of the people much like a jedi yeah i would say if i was a jedi i very much would be like obi-wan
0: those are some lofty comparisons i mean I mean, he was, like, you know, like kind of the most kick-ass Jedi, arguably. That's true. But,
1: like, he's, like, probably just the most down-to-earth. Somewhere
0: there's, like, some podcast producer listening to this right now, and and he's, like, the evil version of a podcast producer. He's your Darth Vader, and he's going to come for you, and he's going to, you know, kill your kids.
1: Oh, man. Well, like, that would mean I'd had to, like, he had to be a Padawan of mine. So I I probably know this person, don't I? Matt Schumann. Oh, you're right. Yeah. So uh,
0: shout out to Matt. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, if you guys want to give us a big shout out, we'd really appreciate it. We are still jonesing for those five-star reviews on Apple iTunes Music. You can give us a love, give us a share, give us a like, but get on Apple iTunes and give us that five-star review. Email the show, super Nineties Brothers at gmail.com. Let us know what Star Wars takes you have. Let us know what 90s movies or topics you want to hear about. We did get a topic or two recently, and we are dwelling on it. Some of them aren't our... They're not we're not experts on some of them, so we gotta kind of work up to it. Um, Twitter at Super 90s brothers, Brennan is at spocast Pods with a K, com. That's all the social shit. And uh yeah, we're we're thrilled to be here with you guys.
1: Uh, I'm excited. I'm I'm very this this has been a long time coming, and I I I'm just I'm so excited to do this movie. So
0: you 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 always are so excited. You're you're so excitable to do podcasts. That's why you're a good podcast producer. Are you this excited for all of your clients?
1: Every one of them,
0: yeah, yes, everyone. The, every the, one the of them. mom's knitting circle yes. podcast that mm-hmm. you produce, you go, you show up with a big buck tooth grin,
1: yes, yeah, good, good. Mo- mostly because knit- I charge them like a thousand dollars per episode. So,
0: knitting's an underrated skill, though, it really is, yeah, it's useful, it comes up anyway. Um, so what we like to do in Super Nineties Brothers, we like to set the scene a little bit for you. So, this is a podcast about the 90s. Brennan said it's a hazy memory riff, so we don't always get everything right, but we try and uh. I want to take you back to may 19th 1999 the year of our lord so i want you to travel back close your eyes picture yourself it's may 1999 the matrix was taking the box office by storm spongebob squarepants debuted on nickelodeon and the radio starts playing
1: Was the number five song in the US at the time that is believe by share. Oh man, that that brings back some memories. I like that's like old share like when she was still young. That's not old no I got you
0: babe is old share. <laughs> that's
1: old share, yeah. Like this is uh middle share. I guess I mean like this is her last like biggest hit I believe. I mean I don't she hasn't had much come since then I don't
0: know. I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a share guy per se, yeah. but I mean,
1: who didn't know this song? I mean, this song was everywhere in the nineties. Like it was everywhere. um What do you think about this song? It's a fun dance song, I guess. Like it's like early techno rave music. Like she was really hopping on that, like EDM techno craze. And like, it hit like it hit for her like if you probably went to a i mean i wasn't going to the clubs at this time but you, this song was getting played you know a lot i mean i you, you couldn't what escape this song. the
0: song late 90s is like there was like britney and a lot of other pop singers they were they were doing this thing with that was the first time i really remember, noticed people were altering their voice a lot mm. as like part of the song and this share was like oh you're gonna alter your voice a little bit or make it sound like you're on the phone or something well I, fuck you i'm gonna i'm gonna up that
1: yeah I mean, it's, it's very, you get, there's a lot of filters in this song. Like uh, she's definitely relying on her producers to, to make this, you know, song work. I, w- I wonder what the song was like to see live.
0: Oh, I'm sure it was very basic. And then they're like, don't worry, we'll produce it up. But um, so Brennan said, it's at this like tech, the video is at like this techno rave. People are just like dancing shares on stage singing. And there's like this French girl and she locks eyes with some scruffy dude at the rave. And they're kind of like making eyes at each other like most of the time. And then she just ditches him because she don't need no man, Brennan. That's mm. what the song is about. I think like you don't need love to live.
1: Right. I guess I don't really listen to the lyrics that much.
0: Y- yeah. You're not a lyrics guy.
1: Do you believe in love after love? Is that what it is? Do you, Do you believe in life after Oh, life love? after you- love?
0: Oh, can you be, you know, can you be the best you mm. after love or without love? Like, like. You don't need a man to prop you up, Brennan. And, yeah. and Brennan, you don't need Abby to prop you up. You've got mm-hmm. your your knitting circle podcast
1: production. That's true. I I guess I I do believe in it, Um, but I don't want to. I think it would be like a
0: lesser life. Yeah. Like I mean, I, there is life after love, but it's like, you know, it's like, it's like a de-evolution. Like we're back to a, a monkey.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I don't want this. I don't want the life, but yeah, I mean, I believe in it, I guess. Yeah. I believe um. it exists. It's not something I'd like. <laughs> I don't want to
0: visit it really. You know, it's, it's um. there. I believe it. So I'm, you know, it's not, I guess when you, when you really break it down, do you believe in, well, yeah, I believe it. Mm. Do, do I want it? That would be a different song. Do you want life after? The world? Anyway, speaking of believing things that we once thought were good, but now we think are sucky. Let's talk about star Wars episode one. Ow.
1: There's so many memories I have of this movie. What, were your memories of going to see it in the theater? Like how did you wait in line? Did you wait to go see it? Like, were you, are you like, are you a fan of star Wars? I'm a very casual.
0: Like I, I don't, I don't identify with the star Wars people, but like I am a casual fan of star Wars. I like most of, well, I like some of it and uh, I don't like some of it. But I, it's enough in like the lexicon, like you kind of gotta watch it. And I'm not like a hater or anything. I don't like hate people that like it. It's nothing like that. Yeah. I think it's got good moments, good characters, good scenes, and and the reverse.
1: Before this movie came out, though, like what was your experience the main trilogy?
0: My stepmom bought them for me on VHS when I was like I don't know nine or ten. So I owned them. Yeah. And I'd probably seen them all, you know, three to five times, yeah. maybe. It, it wasn't like a fanboy or anything i thought they were cool but then they get kind of ruined by like people that talk about it too much and act like they're the coolest thing
1: in the world and i don't know it, it made me i've always been a contrarian for whatever reason like at this time in my life the big things that people like kids our age like really held with deep passions was like star wars or the beatles or you know like things like like things like that where people just were really obsessive about it and like Star Wars was something that I liked. Like I had it on VHS. I had watched it. I thought it was fun. Like I played like the Super Nintendo Star Wars games were fun. Those were hard. Yeah, they were hard and I like but I had a friend who like loved the tie fighter games, but like I just wasn't super yeah, into it. I did think it was fun, but I but I just remember the the build up for this because all three of the main trilogy was they were released in theaters the year before
0: oh i remember that yeah they re-released them in the theaters and there had been some new scenes and stuff put in as i recall
1: yeah like cgi was you know pretty new and so so george lucas went back and like added like a scene with jabba the hut and a new hope and added like a lot of cgi characters that he couldn't put into the movies back in you know in the 70s and 80s
0: yeah i remember that and jabba the Hutt like slithers which he like never really moved mm
1: yeah art, and it didn't work for me but because originally in the that specific scene where in, in the the re-release was the the original was Jabba the Hutt was just like a white like fat guy that had an Irish accent like that was the original Jabba the Hutt and then they cut it out because it didn't really make much sense and then they added Jabba into Return of the Jedi
0: oh I didn't know that that's a that was a great choice
1: and so they but so they re-added him back in when they had CGI so hmm.
0: yeah okay so, uh, well, you know, I definitely did not wait in line. I had friends that did. Mm-hmm. I remember like our school newspaper took a photo of some of my like friends like waiting in line and they did like a story on it. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if you remember him, but a friend of mine named Josh Parse, he actually passed away last year Oh, and, um, RIP Josh. He was, yeah. he was a good friend of mine that I knew and he was in that photo and he went and he loved star Wars and, I remember, I remember, I remember my friends being super excited and me having tempered excitement, Mm. but still, I still wanted to see it. I just wasn't going to go wait in line or anything. Like I saw it probably like two weeks after it came out or something.
1: Yeah. I just, this movie kind of created the craze of standing in line for movies because there wasn't really back in the nineties for people who don't remember or didn't experience this like the only way you could go to a movie and get good seats was if you waited in line to you could go buy the ticket earlier the day of but then you waited in line to get it but for star wars people literally waited in line four days to buy the ticket
0: imagine how disappointed it'd be if you waited in line four days to see the phantom phantom menace i
1: i couldn't i i couldn't imagine it
0: but burn right there's no fandango out there kids
1: there's no there's no picking your assigned seat you literally just You showed up to buy the ticket, but like even here, you had to wait in line to buy the ticket. So, do you remember your theater watching
0: experience of this?
1: I do. Yes, I. Okay. Do you remember any highlights? Yeah. I mean, the scene. I remember my parents driving me up up to Newport Cinemas in Spokane, Washington, to to wait in line with a friend to buy the tickets. So we went and bought. We had purchased a ticket, and I don't remember like if we had to like and then if we had to wait a couple days to see it. But then I remember waiting in line. I went and sat in line for two hours outside and it like wrapped around the outside of the theater and we just waited in line and i like going in buying popcorn like we was a mad dash to get into the into the theater to get good seats right and because we didn't there was no like stadium seating back then so you wanted to get in a good spot to be able to see oh wait that brings up but i'm just gonna interrupt you real quick so brennan said you couldn't reserve
0: seats back then so when you when you got in you had to run to go get a good seat Mm -hmm. so you what you would do is you'd go put your coats down or something yeah or you'd have one person go put go sit down and put your coats down so the other person go get popcorn otherwise you get fucked
1: you do yeah like you really you you get i've like there was many times in my childhood where we lost our seats because we didn't I wouldn't save the seats right for my parents. Like my parent, my dad would go get something and then I I was too afraid to tell someone no and they would just sit in our spots and then we would oh, get man. Str- I was terrible at it.
0: That's like that's like bad wingmandom.
1: <laughs> and uh but yeah, I remember waiting in line to see this and then I mean, I remember just really enjoying it. Uh I mean I'm you know, we're 14, 15 at the time. It's 1999. It's not like yeah, we're not like highly critical of this movie and like the opening crawl was see, like it's the same feeling I get to see when I see any star Wars movie in the theaters. It's just like that opening crawl when they're introducing, like setting in the scene for the movie, like it gives you chills. Like it's a very, it's an experience no matter what star Wars movie you're seeing. And I always, I always really enjoy that.
0: Yeah, I do too. Like there's something about that. And like the blocky credits roll and they're not rolling quite upward. They're rolling at sort of an angle upward and you know, it's, with the space background, it's very, I don't know. It takes you to a, it takes you, it's it really sets the scene and it takes you to a place mentally.
1: It really does. And we were waiting so long for this. Like it had been being talked about for, I don't know if it was like a, the worst kept secret, but like there was more star Wars coming. Like, and we knew that since like the mid nineties, um, because they re re released the movies on VHS in like the mid nineties, like 1994. And this like, you know, three, VHS set and there was some like extra features talking about the future of Star Wars. Anyways, it was, it was exciting. It was an exciting time to be in, be a theater goer of watching. Yeah. Going to the movies. It was, it was definitely an experience. So, so you liked it. I, I liked the movie at the time. Yeah. Like you, yeah, you, I did not, did not, was not judgmental of it. Yes. There are very annoying characters Yes, there's not enough lightsaber action. Uh it's very kiddie. It's very and like at the time you I kind of just pushed that aside because I just wanted to enjoy a movie. I did the same thing.
0: But you know, we were fourteen, so some of the kitty stuff wasn't so far removed from shit we were watching just a couple years ago. You know what I mean? Like right. we were watching we 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 had kind of weaned ourselves off of Nickelodeon maybe a year or two earlier. Yeah. Or maybe three, but like not that long ago. So like this is the kind of shit we were kind of used to. Definitely didn't definitely didn't get to me. So the budget was 115 million. It box office to over one billion today. That's billion with a B. So definitely another huge success. I mean, everything Star Wars touches is like a is like a cash train, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. This movie was an ultimate success and I if it had bombed I wonder what would have happened like maybe this maybe that we have we live in such a different world now if if phantom menace bombs
0: mm, that's interesting yeah, yeah I never really thought about that so um you know what we've we've
1: pussyfooted around long enough let's get to my favorite part of the show fuck I forgot about this
0: Brennan's bad synopsis
1: <laughs> Woo! Uh, well I have watched this movie in the past couple of months uh I actually watched all of the star wars or not all of them I watched all the prequels with my kids like almost three weeks ago. Um and uh Nerd. I will say the one thing about Phantom Menace is that the kids enjoy it because it's a it's a fucking kid Star Wars movie. There's nothing adult about this movie except for like maybe the the last like fight between uh Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and Darth, Darth Maul. But so here's my synopsis. Uh the there's a trade federation that's trying to blockade uh the planet of naboo from sending out their exports or trying to send stuff out and they're they're basically trying to strong arm them into I really don't re- I don't really know this part like there's a the they're you're already yeah I'm already, already screwing this the up rails. but I don't really know what what they're what they're trying to blockade they're trying to stop naboo from doing something but they naboo is part of like the the galactic senate and, They're just taxing them. It's a tax oh, it's a, thing. But and so there's there there's a the beginnings of this war is starting between the Federation and the the Galactic uh, the Republic the Senate and and so our heroes Qui Gon and Obi Wan are sent to kind of you know ha- do negotiations with them. That's what the that's what the Jedi are doing in this part of Star Wars is that they are negotiators. They help the Senate negotiate, and so they go and and the the trade federation does not want to they do not want to negotiate with them and they try to kill Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and so Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon they escape and they get down to to Naboo um and there's this there's all these uh droids that are you know they're going they're fighting with the or they're like invading Naboo for the and they run into uh the worst character in Star Wars history Jar Jar Binks Qui-Gon saves jar jar and then jar jar leads them to the the underground water city underground water city the water underground city <laughs> i um i forget what jar jar binks is what's the what what's the I name of oh a Gungan a, a gungan something, uh something to the like gungan that. city and i get they give them the some a way to get to n- the naboo City, the central like they capital. like give them
0: like a transport and they like they're like you have to go through the Earth's core or the the planet's core.
1: Yeah, and so now what's really trying to they're trying to do is they're trying to get from Naboo to the Senate. They're trying to get back to be able to tell them about what's going on. Queen Amidala, she she helps them send them to back, but then their 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 ship breaks down on their way back to the you know the Senate, which is and they land on Tatooine you know the 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 central planet in all the Star Wars movies for the most part uh in the main ones and then they they meet a young Anakin Skywalker who is a slave but Qui-Gon immediately realizes that Anakin Skywalker has special talents um, midi-chlorians midi-chlorians and so he devises devises a plan to to get Anakin off the planet and says that and believes that he will win this pod race basically negotiates with his like his his slave owner uh sebulba and says oh no,
0: that's not his slave owner
1: is that not who that's it is the,
0: that's the evil pod racer
1: oh you're right to the, the slave owner's the, name is like Wa- Watto. Watto. Or... thank you sebulba yeah, yeah you're right sorry right. this is going on point this is how these go and yeah and so he gets him into the pod race he negotiates that if he wins the race that he gets to take anakin with him right I'm lost. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right, but like. He, this, is the, this is the point. Of, there's a lot going on in this movie. Anakin wins the pod race. He takes them to the. They get back to the main capital and. <laughs> the, what's the place called? Dude, what's the main capital called? And I don't know, the good, Senate. The, the, Senate, the, the s- Senate. The Senate. The, the Senate. But at the same time, Qui Gon takes uh, Anakin to the Jedi Council because he wants him to be he wants to train Anakin because he believes he will bring balance to the force and Yoda, Mace Windu, even Obi-Wan are like saying, no, don't train this kid. It's a bad idea, but Qui-Gon's like,
0: this boy's future.
1: <laughs> but Qui-Gon's like, no, this, he will bring balance to the force. We have to train him. Qui-Gon's like, fuck you, Yoda. I know better than you said nobody ever except Qui-Gon. And then like, I don't really remember what happens next. <laughs> Like they go back, they go back to Naboo to. Yeah, the, to, the queen,
0: the the Pal- Palpatine guy is like, he tricks the queen into like starting a new reelection. Mm. And then Palpatine's like, hey, stay here with me and help me win this election. And she's like, and she speaks in this really hideous voice when she's got her queen face on and She's like, no, I need to go back to the planet and die with my people. If that's their fate, I'm going to die with them. And it's like, it's a very unattractive, unappealing voice. That she does whenever she's Queenie. her
1: senate voice.
0: So she like goes back to N- Naboo with the Jedi.
1: Yes, she does um, to fight
0: the droids that are there because nobody in the senate is listening. They're like, oh, well, maybe she's telling the truth, but we're gonna like we're gonna look into it. Let's let's talk about something else. Like yeah. that's kind of how it goes.
1: And then they get back there, and I should have mentioned the trade federations are really just puppets of the Sith leader Dark Darth Dar- Sidious, and who is also Senator Palpatine. Spoiler. They get back there, they fight with the Trade Federation, uh, Qui-Gon gets killed by Darth Maul, Anakin saves, like, kind of flies a ship and saves some stuff, like, destroys, like, the, the ship up in the in the space. Everything's hunky-dory, except for Qui-Gon dies. And, and then, but Qui-Gon's dying wish is that Obi-Wan trains Anakin as his Padawan. And so Obi-Wan goes and talks to Yoda and like, hey, I'm it was his dying wish, and they they begrudgingly decide, like, okay, you can train the kid. Yoda's
0: like, despite me being all knowing and knowing this kid's gonna be a shithead, okay, let's <laughs> let's give in to Qui Gon's dying wish. That's probably more important than the fate of Alderaan and however many
1: other people die. Exactly, and then they and then the movie they they save the Naboo and everything's hunky dory, right? And-, and there's a big like like New
0: Orleans Mardi Gras style parade mm. with the Gungans like dancing and like shaking tambourine jamborees and tambourines i don't know they're
1: shaking i don't
0: know and there's like fucking aliens dancing and there's a war going on between the gungans and the droids and and uh luckily the queen abdallah gets control of the viceroys and arrests them and she's going to take them back to the senate and make them like confess to attacking her planet which is against the law
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and it's like they they have they have enough technology to like travel intergalactically at light speed but they can't get it like a camera on like the evidence look no obviously <laughs> they're invading the planet like you don't need to go investigate here's footage of it look they're killing people yeah but everyone's like oh Naboo I never heard of it oh, we'll look into it next year
1: the, you know the whole point of the story is a setup that Anakin Skywalker is the He's a chosen one. He's going to bring balance to the force somehow. And so that is all about introducing him and like why Anakin is going to be the greatest Jedi of all time. Um, But wow, it's pretty bad. That that was a really bad bad boy. Bad. (laughs) That's great. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, I love that segment. Okay. So um, what I miss a lot of plot holes. Yeah. A lot of. and and Brennan didn't help. Like if if you're like kind of hazy memory like Brennan is on mm. this, um, you you're probably more confused now than you were, and you're you're remembering things and misremembering things that Brennan told you. But like that's that's the gist of it. You know, you got
1: you got the high points. The plot of this movie is very confusing, to be honest with you. Like I don't really understand the whole point of this movie is just to showcase Anakin, and like, and it was just there's a there's a lot of like bad dialogue i mean all these movies have bad dialogue in them in the, the prequel trilogy but like it's this it's really bad in this movie
0: <laughs> so it's pretty bad um so let's let's go through the cast a little bit uh, we'll start with Quegon Jin is the main character played by Liam Neeson
1: mm. who has a very
0: particular set of jedi skills um he also you know you know Liam Neeson from Taken and Schindler's List um and he was in the movie The Grey where he's killing those wolves with the little tiny bottles of booze and he also, I, I wanted to bring this up since we're a 90s program. He was also in the movie Kroll, which is kind of a later 80s movie, but like definitely played a lot on TV in the 90s. You remember the movie Kroll?
1: I don't know.
0: It's got that weird like five point samurai star. And it's like an adven- mm. it's like a fantasy adventure movie. Anyway, mm-hmm. he was in Kroll. I think that was like his first kind of popular movie that people saw. So Qui-Gon Jinn is Obi-Wan's master. Like he's in charge of Obi-Wan. And he ditches Obi-Wan at some point for this young phenom, Anakin, because he has the strongest sense of the force since Master Yoda. And he, like, ignores everybody's warning that Anakin is, like, this little demon shithead kid. And he unilaterally decides to bet the queen's ship on the pod race. And he bets Anakin's pod race, or that Anakin built, to free the boy and rip him from his mother's arms forever. Yeah, so he's, he's doing something very noble. So he, he orchestrates winning the boy from a slave owner so he essentially becomes his new slave owner he he wins anakin bet in a game of chance <laughs> so he can be his master and tell him what to do his whole life and it's like both oh by the way you're gonna ditch your
1: mother forever and the next time you see her she's gonna be dead yeah almost dead yeah what a jedi i i don't really understand the the whole young jedi thing is a very i don't really know too much about the star wars history or like but like the like the young padawans get picked out at a really young age and are taken away from their
0: yeah they're like sperm and,
1: and the, they like set up in this that like is that anakin should have been taken a long time ago and if he lived closer to the he didn't if he didn't live on the outer rim he would have been he would have been found and this never would have happened
0: and anakin's like nine years old mm-hmm. all right and quagon is like he's the most stubborn jedi i think in in the whole series like pretty much every other jedi has a better sense of what's to come than fucking Qui Gon Jen. Like, Qui Gon Jen, like, just kind of royally fucks this whole thing up and he doesn't
1: listen to anybody. Realistically, Qui Gon does do what he needs to do because, like, th- in the end, like, it works out. I, I guess. I mean,
0: there is an ending, but how many people died? What if you never trained this kid? There'd never be a fucking Darth Vader. That's such- you just have to kill that pussy Palpatine. <laughs>
1: that's that yeah it is one of the biggest potholes in all of star wars is like if you don't if you just listen to him like it everyone lives and none of this ha- happens or maybe it happens differently who knows what well, happens differently but there's no fucking darth vader who's the real
0: badass that's true like palpatine's not a badass he's a bitch yeah anyway so the next big character obi-wan kenobi played by a young ewan mcgregor who had gotten famous recently from the movie train spotting which was really a popular indie that came out of um is, that's an irish movie isn't it it's from ireland yeah um, it's what
1: it's I think it's Irish, or and it's Danny Boyle.
0: Yeah, and you know, you you know, Ewan McGregor from Train Spotting, obviously, he also was the guy in Big Fish, and he did the movie The Island with Scarlett Johansson, which was pretty popular around like 2005 or so. I want to say maybe
1: 2006. All these actors in this movie are all, I mean, besides Jake Lloyd, are all. Super famous still. I feel like we don't really need to pound home how famous these people are.
0: We do, because this, ep- this, our podcast is timeless, Brennan, and I want people in the year 2300 to be listening to us to research their 90s history paper. And be- oh, yeah, like, oh, you're right. Thank you. Do you think they'll quote me in, like, the future in, like, AP college history courses? A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm very credible. So uh, Obi-Wan, it's really just, like, a supporting role for McGregor. It's, it really kickstarts his career, but he's not very integral to this plot. Like, he literally just chills in, like, the queen ship the entire time they're on Tatooine. Yeah. Like, there's a pod race going on. Darth fucking Maul is chasing them. There's bets. There's slave trading and, and, like, fucking Obi-Wan's just hanging out in the fucking ship, like, hitting on the fake queen. Because yeah. the real queen is pretending to be, like, a handmaiden named Padme. Oh, yeah. something. And she's, like, fucking around with Qui-Gon Jinn and fucking Jar Jar and R2-D2. Like, why would you take Jar Jar and R2-D2 and leave fucking Obi-Wan in the ship? I don't know. I- like, Qui-Gon's, like, he's, like, picking dodgeball teams, right? And, like, Obi-Wan's, like, standing there, and he, like, camera pans where he's like, I'll take Jar Jar. And it's like, what? That dude fucking sucks. Everyone hates him.
1: You know, his decision to take Jar Jar doesn't make much sense. But I understand why he left Obi-Wan, because they needed to protect the ship, right? Protect the queen.
0: Okay, so the next, the next main role is Queen Amidala slash...
1: Had me. Before we move on to that, I want to play the intro to how we meet Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. We are greatly honored by your visit, ambassadors. Make yourselves comfortable. My master will be with you shortly.
0: I have a bad feeling about this. I don't sense anything. It's not about the mission master. It's something elsewhere elusive Don't center on your anxieties obi-wan keep your concentration here and now where it belongs but master yoda said i should be mindful of the future but not at the expense of the moment be mindful of the living force young padawan
1: that was that was a
0: riveting clip
1: brennan so basically they're setting up the scene like everyone should be listening to obi-wan because he obviously knows what the fuck's going on like and but you know qui-gon just he doesn't care he's just like
0: he's he's just fucking around he's he's like he's like got union status and it's like nobody can fire him he's doing whatever the fuck
1: he wants exactly but I, the other reason why i wanted to bring up this line is cuz it has the most you know famous star wars line in it is like i've got a bad feeling about this which has been said by every star wars character in every movie multiple times
0: so it just sounds like george lucas is repeating himself
1: they do it in everything it was even in like the latest like obi-wan series so uh um, I, I just feel like that's just something people say i've got a bad feeling about this is that like a star wars thing it's definitely a star wars thing there's like well i'm
0: not saying it's not in star wars but i'm saying are we crediting george lucas with coining the term i don't i've got a bad feeling about this i'm pretty sure that existed before star wars
1: no it's like from Star, like from the original star wars like I believe Luke says it like,
0: yeah, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm saying that like George Lucas didn't coin the term. I've got a bad feeling about this. It's made famous from Star Wars. Oh, is that what you think? I don't think I know. Oh, you know. So anything out there that was happening in Star Wars, that's where it was made famous.
1: Well, like, yeah, was it like, was it said before that in another movie? Maybe, but it was made famous by Star Wars. Maybe. You think that was maybe the first time somebody's at oh, it? Oh god. Anyways. So uh the next main
0: character is Queen Amidala slash Padme. Um, because she plays multiple roles. She plays that really strange voiced queen that's not very attractive. And then she also plays this like hot, like little handmaiden named Padme. And this was played by Natalie Portman. And she was in, she was the little girl in Leon the Professional, which is such a kick-ass 90s movie. If you guys haven't seen Leon, the professional, I definitely recommend That's like one of the best action movies of the nineties. Mm. And then she went on to do V for Vendetta after this. And she's in the movie garden state, which is one of the only like romantic style movies I'll sit through. And she's, I mean, this was also another star making role for her. I mean, not that she wasn't already known in Hollywood, but this like, you know, made her kind of front and center. So she's the queen of the country being invaded by the dark side guys, but she's also a low key pedophile groomer. <laughs> so she was 17 at the time. And Anakin's nine years old and she's like, kind of like tipping him off. Like, Hey, like maybe we could do this,
1: you know, what I mean? wink, wink. <laughs> I don't get any of that in this movie, but I, you that's all I got. I'm, I've, I've been very confused about this whole, like, why did they make Anakin so young? Like why couldn't they just make him like a 13 year old kid instead of an eight eight year old kid?
0: I don't know, but I kind of want, I don't want to like high five Anakin, like way to fucking go kid. Like what a stud
1: kid right I, yeah
0: you just you just like you put your yourself in the heart of like natalie portman who's also a queen
1: she is yeah like and in...
0: he he shot his shot and he shot for the moon and he hit the fucking
1: he he is the one well yeah he, he obviously has a big crush on her like he opens with a very uh famous land which will we're gonna get into anakin as well but here's here's anakin shooting his shot at padma are you an angel what an angel I heard the deep space pilots talk about them. They're the most beautiful creatures in the universe. They live on the moons of Diego, I think. You're a funny little boy. How do you know so much? I listen to all the traders and star pilots who come through here. I'm a pilot, you know, and someday I'm going to fly away from this place. You're a pilot? Mm Mm-hmm. All my life. How long have you been here? Since I was very little. Three, I think. My mom and I were sold to Gardula the Hunt, but she lost us betting on the pod races. You're a slave? I'm a person, and my name is Anakin. I'm sorry. I don't fully understand. This is a strange place to me. <laughs> oh, man.
0: I'm a person. My name is Anakin. And she's like, oh. Yes it is. <laughs> and she sort of like smiles
1: at him. That yeah, that kind of sets the scene of, you know, showing that he has a little bit of anger in him. But he also and, like, and that she's opening the door for him. She's like,
0: "Yeah, I mean, he's kind of hitting on me, but you know, like
1: let's see where this goes, you know?" She doesn't she doesn't shoot him down. I I don't I forget at the end of the movie if she gives him a necklace or if he gives her a necklace they gives he gives her a necklace that he carves out of wood or something Yeah and that she wears you know that comes up again oh. in the next movie So one thing I want to point out about the queen Madal and
0: Padme so when she's acting as Padme she has like her decoy pretending you know. to be queen and at one point the decoy like orders her to go queen clean all the grease off of R2D2 so like, just think of that. Like, you're you're the queen, and your servant has just ordered you to go clean up fucking R two D two, who's all fucked up from like a space battle. Anybody could have done it, but like the decoy makes the queen do it. It was like, if I was the decoy, I was like, I'm gonna get this bitch. Like, I got one chance here.
1: <laughs> um, is the decoy in the movie Keira Knightley, or is it? A de- oh, I don't know. Oh, because c- c- Keira so. Knightley is in this movie. She is. Yeah, because she plays one of the handmaids. Maybe I don't know. I didn't know that. Um yeah, um, she's definitely There you
0: learn something new on the Super 90s brothers even if you're doing the show. Exactly. You mentioned Anakin played by Jake Lloyd. He was uh the little kid in Jingle All the Way, which is a shitty Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Mm-hmm. Um he pretty much retired after this, probably because the Star Wars nerds like never shut up about it forever after this. They they like they had all this misguided anger towards this poor little kid who's like 9 years old doing fucking bad George Lucas dialogue and somehow he wore the brunt of it cuz these Star Wars people were like it couldn't have been George Lucas's fault it was the little kid's fault you know it's, it's really really misguided don't you think
1: yeah really Star Wars fans are terrible people like they're they're just like <laughs>
0: as a whole like just they, to, just to sum them all up in in one sentence
1: they're all terrible they basically ruined Hayden Christensen's career and then like and then accepted him back you know just recently when he became uh the role of darth vader again they're a bunch of weird people i i, I don't understand star wars fans at all it's just um, people
0: on the internet like it's just yeah, crazy it's trolls, mean like, internet people yeah. and there's a lot of star wars fans and a mm-hmm. lot of them aren't good people and yeah. that's what and they they got to this kid so he fucking retired he's like Fuck show business like i was not like if i'm him i'm like dude i was nine years old and i was doing everything the stupid director told me to do and you're blaming me i'm i was the one who was cast you, you, there was a hundred million little kids he could have cast. He cast me. It's not my fault. It's the fucking director's fault, you dumbass.
1: It's, it's very true. Um,
0: so anyway, Anakin is just kind of a cute kid who likes pod races, and he also likes older women, but who doesn't? I always thought he was the kid from Big Daddy. Like, I just learned, like, yesterday, that's not the kid from Big Daddy
1: with Adam Sandler. I That's funny. I mean, I, obviously, I knew that, but, like, yeah, he's...
0: So I watched this movie recently, and I... I forgotten
1: this but like
0: anakin was also an immaculate conception like jesus sort of yeah so in essence the force banged his mom
1: yeah there's also i don't know if it's canon anymore but there's also that uh darth sidious implanted like that implanted her but like made life happen in her to like like make anakin skywalker
0: uh finds a way Um, Yeah, I I read there's some new comic strip called Darth Issue Number 25 that says like Palpatine sort of like casts a spell or something on Anakin's mother because he's like, oh, this woman's carrying, you know, the future Darth Vader. I'm going to impregnate her with my hand or something. But that just sounds like the PG version of Anakin's mom got raped by Palpatine.
1: Yes. Uh, (laughs) I did not think of it like that, but that's very true. First thing I thought. Gosh, the way you think sometimes uh
0: also whenever you tell somebody like you were like oh yeah there's no father i was it was an immaculate conception like nobody buys it it's like okay who was it all right how ashamed are you was it was it jar jar like was it somebody really pathetic and that's why you made up this story like clearly you were sexually active lady
1: (laughs) um oh man (laughs) but the rest of the cast is very I mean, there's a lot of people in this movie. Like, there's Yoda's in it, Mace Windu as uh, Samuel Jackson. He's not a he's not a people. He's the puppet, and he's CG. No, he's not, he's a, he is a puppet in this. I don't even think he's CG in this at all. Is he? He had to have
0: been walking around.
1: I'm not sure about that. Well, anyway, yeah, anyway, Frank
0: Oz always does the voice of Yoda. Frank Oz is a fucking stud. Mm-hmm. We love Frank Oz. Um, Brennan mentioned Samuel Jackson. He was Mace Windu. He's got kind of a small role. He comes up a few more times later in the series, I think, but it's never really a big role, correct?
1: He's a very powerful Jedi. He's on the council, but they haven't really done anything with him. They didn't really do anything good with him in the in the films. There's been talk of him coming back, you know, in something different. No one truly dies in Star Wars. The the, the
0: side character I really want to talk about is, did you like Darth Maul? And, did, and specifically his double-ended lightsaber.
1: Oh my god, yeah, I love Darth Maul. I i my biggest problem with it is that I don't feel like they did enough with him. Like he just like he only has like eight minutes of even screen time in the movie, which is primarily in the very final scene when they're fighting. Um, but like he could have been so much more cooler if they would have added, you know, more dialogue, had more plot stuff, like get rid of some of the terrible stuff that the boring stuff that's happening on tattooing with like Anakin Skywalker like I want to learn more about uh, Darth Maul so
0: yeah I, I, that's what I remember the sentiment was after everyone saw the movie it was like everyone thought Darth Maul was really cool and like people thought the pod race was cool and like that was about it like that's all That's all I remember like people thinking was really cool the rest of it was just fun you know like yeah. okay it was fun it was good but I really like Darth Maul and or the pod race like, yeah. I just remember hearing that a lot so I, I agree I think it was a big mistake to kill off Darth Maul and give him so little screen time again, Palpatine's a, a fucking bitch. He's not scary at all. He's just like a creepy old man with big lips. Yeah. And like uh, Darth Maul could have totally been this trilogy's like version of Vader. Don't you think? And mm-hmm. like Anakin could have killed him or something. They could have squared off. Like who's the real apprentice? Some bullshit like that. I don't know. Yeah. When I rewatched it, the the dude that plays Darth Maul is this actor named Ray Parker who played Toad in X-Men and he also was the headless horseman in Sleepy Hollow whenever Christopher Walken wasn't doing it. So he's sort of like Christopher Watkin's like stand-in bitch to be the headless horseman.
1: He's a stuntman, like Ray yeah. Park's a stuntman. But he's
0: short. He's like he's like dwarfed by those fucking viceroy puppet bitches and their their dumb mouths, which we'll get to. He's he's like five foot seven, five foot eight, maybe. Like Ray Park is like really short. And the viceroys who are big pussies. Like just like tower over him and it's just i don't know, it's not very intimidating like he's shorter than obi-wan and the mcgregor is not tall he's like five nine maybe so i wish they would i wish they would have cast somebody bigger someone like undertaker
1: gotcha yeah give
0: me like a big fucking strong badass i mean i get they kind of wanted him to be a little more agile so maybe not quite undertaker but just somebody with more stature somebody more physically
1: imposing mm-hmm. i agree he's a really good character and Darth Maul comes up later in other series and, and he doesn't truly die in this. Oh, no one ever truly
0: dies as you said. Yeah. So who was your favorite character? Let's let's, I want to, I want to know this question. And and you, if you pick Darth Maul, that's fine, but I'm going to ask you your second. If, if not Darth Maul.
1: I mean, I know he's not in the movie that much, but I love Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like Ewan McGregor is like one of my favorite actors of all time. So I, I really enjoyed him in this movie, but I mean, Qui- Qui-Gon's good, but like, yeah, it's either, it's one of the, it's either Qui-Gon or Obi-Wan and, and, and that would probably go through in the rest of the prequel trilogy is like, I loved his, like Obi-Wan's character in in all of the movies. So well, I
0: think it's important to remember that we were like 15 when yeah. this came out and Natalie Portman was like 17. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I pretty obvious who my favorite character was. I remember my friend telling me that he, he's like, yeah, I saw star Wars and like, I was obsessed with that Padme chick. I just wanted to suck on her lower lip. I just thought it was a weird thing to say. Like, it doesn't sound appealing to me. Suck on somebody's lower lip. I had an ex-girlfriend that did that, actually. That's that's how she kissed. Yeah. Like, she wouldn't kiss like a normal person. She would just suck my lip. It was very odd. I had to get used to... I really liked her otherwise. But, like, you know, at the time, and it, it was such a weird way to kiss. That's so, just, I just, like, went with it, but I didn't like it, you know? Yeah, I don't Didn't like, do anything for me. Don't. I don't like that at all. Um... Now, it was awkward. I, I won't name her name, but... Yeah, it was awkward. I I don't recommend it, but like, anyway, Padme was definitely my favorite character. And when I rewatched it recently, I liked her still. And and from a more mature uh, point of view, I just thought she was a more balanced character, you know, like she was skeptical. She was emotional. She was protective of her planet. The only thing that I thought was stupid was her, placating Anakin's you know interest like the rest I thought she was good
1: yeah I no, she's a good character she's you know she's strong she's like a, a leader like they really wanted to they, you know they really wanted to make a care I feel like they made her a character that like showed like they put a lot of like Princess Leia into Queen Amidala mm, and okay. and so I they did a good job with that they even like she does her hair a certain way kind of like Leia does in A New Hope um but yeah they're they really wanted to make her very Princess Leia like, which I thought they did a good job. They did a shitty job at casting Anakin. I feel bad for Jake I, Lloyd, I, but like I really. What do feel-
0: I always say, it's not the actor's <clears throat> fault, it's the director's fault.
1: Yeah, no, it's the director's fault. It's not, they did, but they did a bad job casting him. So it's. I it, don't
0: think so. He was a cute little kid. They I just, think they didn't use the right takes. I Are you honestly. Are saying that he
1: did every take shitty? No, I just think that the character doesn't work at, a, at being an eight year old. I think if you went back and rewrote it today, you would just make that character be a teenage... A okay, well, teenage that's not Hayden. a
0: casting decision. That's a writing decision. Oh, yeah. They I wrote mean, him in as a nine-year-old.
1: I know. They should have wrote him in as a 13-year-old or 14-year-old, and it should have been just Hayden Christensen younger. So Yeah, a kid going through puberty would have been a lot more believable yeah. you know, a
0: few years younger than Padme, and, and who's like 14 and you know, thinking about the birds and the bees yeah, and flowers and the trees. I
1: imagine they didn't want to cast a kid going through puberty in this movie just because they didn't want to have to deal with the whole, May the force be with you <laughs> right <laughs> like i wonder if they even they probably dealt with some of that on this as well remember they dealt with that on t2 with yeah. john connor mm-hmm. they had to like redub his
0: lines because his voice was changing so anyway um so let's get to some of the best scenes uh the pod race scene i mentioned um everybody it's a really it's a really beautiful cg spectacle for the time like I th- people need to remember in like 1999 like Big CG movies that actually looked good were very scarce. Yeah. And this movie was, you know, it had this monster budget and it had George Lucas and it was Star Wars. So it was, it was maybe the best CG I'd ever seen at the time. And the pod race was probably the best example of that. Um and, and the pod race scene is also cool because there's cameos by like jabba the Hutt and his sister, and Warwick Davis is in it randomly. Mm-hmm. And uh they've got this two-headed announcer, which is kind of goofy, but I like the premise.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I have a little bit of that here because I always it's this always stand, stood out to me because they're basically making this pod race seem like a a big event, like a, a sporting event. And like NASCAR. Like NASCAR. And here and here's uh here's our pod racing announcers.
0: And back again, it's the Mighty Doug Boat with that incredible racing machine, the Boat Dream 327. And hoping for a big win, win, win today. Only my with his record-setting pit drawn team.
1: So it. it it's... Did, Did you, you like the pod race scene? I like the pod racing. That part is very cheesy.
0: It's very cheesy. In fact, in one point, if you look in the crowd, there's an alien in the crowd who's like raising the roof. <laughs> yeah. He's like. <laughs> uh,
1: a quick aside to the pod pod racing and it being a really good scene. Did you play the game?
0: The pod race game? Yeah. I tried it. I never owned it. I, I thought it was average. I okay. don't
1: know. I, I didn't. I mean, I was, it's not Mario Kart. I'll tell you that. It's definitely not Mario Kart, but people really love There's been like a call for it to come back as a like a like a remastered version of it. And I I think we had it. We owned it on the N64 and it was it was fun. And that and that seems definitely probably the best scene in the movie. I will say there's not a lot of great scenes in this movie. There's like basically two, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I was having a hard time finding drops for this movie. In fact, the, Brennan picked the drops today, and I I usually do that, so thank you, Brennan. So a few other scenes I want to kind of roll through. When, I remember when I, I went and saw it with my mom like two weeks or so after it came out, and I remember thinking that the very beginning when they're going underwater in that transport was really cool, like... Um, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are going through the planet's core in like this little transport ship and there's all these like giant fish trying to eat them and I just thought like the CG looked really cool and the monsters were were really cool and Jar Jar's there trying to ruin the scene but he didn't for me so I thought that was a really cool scene I also like and, and I know I disagree with some people on this I really kind of like the Gungan battle against the droids. Where mm. the Gungans are using those weird like water energy bomb things. Yeah. And they're like using them with slingshots and and like little catapults and shit. I thought that was kind of fun to watch. I I know a lot of people don't like the the Gungans like at all, which I totally it's an opinion I totally respect. Yeah. But I like that scene. I just thought it was fun to watch.
1: Yeah, that scene, like so do you consider that scene as being a this like one scene, or do you consider it, like being like because it's like three scenes in one? Like it's like the Gungans are fighting the droids. Obi Wan and Qui Gon are fighting Darth Maul, and then Anakin is in his spaceship, like destroying the 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 base. And so like it's I'll all. Glad happen- you asked
0: the an- the Anakin and the spaceship stuff is fucking dumb. It's dumb. Like, it's yeah. It's really dumb. But like I like the other two. So. Yeah. Or like two, two, a meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad. <laughs>
1: uh, so uh,
0: a few other things I want to talk about the, so in that scene, the walking droids, their heads look like greyhounds. Don't you think?
1: Yeah. they like, totally every do.
0: time I see those fucking things, I was like, why did they model them after a fucking dog? Um, Great question. I did like those little rolly Bob guys. I thought they were kind of cool with mm-hmm. little shields that would pop up and they had like sort of like the, the double blaster. I think they're called so dro- cool.
1: droidicas.
0: Yeah, decals. Yeah. So what if it was, what I realized when I was watching this the other day, I was like, Queen Amidala's plan to distract them so she could go capture the voice the viceroy's she was essentially marching the race of Gungans into genocide as a distraction. <laughs> she's like, you know what? I really need to capture these viceroy's. There's all these like stupid annoying aliens. Let's just like march them into death. Yes, like this, and she's like that, and everyone's like, that's a good plan. And the Gungan king's like, we are we so ready to do our part. I was like okay. Oh <laughs> so, man. Like, luckily Anakin accidentally blows up that fucking giant control ship, disabling all the droids. Thank goodness. Right. Um, but when I, when I rewatch it, I'm like, where's all the dead Gungans? And I was like, is this a Disney plus edit? Like, did they edit out of the dead Gungans or was there never dead Gungans?
1: I imagine there people have figured that out. Cause there isn't a ton of dead Gungans in the last scene.
0: No, there's like none of them. It's like, dude, you you were just marching towards like blaster fire by like thousands and thousands of droids. Like none of you got hit. Right anyway uh, th- i mean i did see a couple to be fair but like i saw like three to five maybe <laughs> i was like there should be a hundred there. there should be burning piles of them in the incinerator <laughs> that
1: would have been a good scene. so you think that princess Amadal was trying to like basically yeah, kill she, them all she
0: was like hey wouldn't it be great if i had this planet didn't have to share it with these stupid annoying gungans like why don't I just kill them all oh, and get the viceroy like a win-win like she's she's a clever little clever dame
1: she is uh, uh do,
0: any other scenes you want to talk about or can we move
1: on I mean, obviously, I, the biggest scene I want to talk about is the the fight between Qui Gon and Darth Maul fight. Is yeah, it was good, but like, what do you say? I mean, it was good in the movie that doesn't have a lot of great scenes. It's the best scene. I mean, it's what you're waiting for in this movie. Like, you you get the beginning where they have some little bit of lightsaber action, but like, this is what you've been waiting for at the very end. And I, but I will say, like, in maybe yeah, we'll get into dumb shit about this. Is this like the, how easily Liam Neeson gets killed?
0: Yeah. So so let me let me get to the. Let's start on some of this and that. Um, so obviously written and directed by George Lucas, duh, who you know did the original Star Wars trilogy. He also wrote American Graffiti, and he has the story by credit for Indiana Jones and Willow. I, I'm, I'm, you know, as a screenwriter, I'm just, I'm at a loss of what the. story like, I don't, I don't value the story by guy. To me, like, anybody could pitch a story. Like, I wonder, like, how integral he was in the story. You know what I mean? Like, anybody could say, get this. It's a guy named Indiana Jones, and he's an archaeologist adventurer. Like, go write it. You know, it's like, right. yeah, that's my story.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest knock on george lucas in all of this is that he's a, a creative like he came up with a story for star wars i mean a lot of it's stolen from borrowed from other things like uh i forget influenced what influenced writers would say yeah and but the you know one of the best decisions that he made in the star wars movies was that he he wrote the original and then he let lawrence kasdan write empire and return of the Jedi should
0: let Lawrence write this one.
1: And that's the biggest argument is like, why, why did Lucas not just, why did he write and direct all this? Because that's the passion project, Brennan. I don't know. I just feel like that's, you know, the biggest knock on it. So today,
0: not then, but today, how do you feel about George Lucas? Because like the late Carrie Fisher was always very critical of the dialogue. And you mentioned it earlier, the dialogue's bad in a lot of his movies.
1: Yeah, I mean I think he would be better as a, like as a, a showrunner, like a producer, and help make these things happen and less of a a director or a, a writer. He should have he should have been better at, you know, divvying that stuff up. So like I I mean, and so yeah, she's probably she's right on that. He made the best action
0: fantasy movie with the best technology at the time in the late 70s and he captured the imaginations of like the country Mm -hmm. and so you have to give him credit i don't want to hate on the man
1: no but i think Brennan's
0: right i think that he his skill set isn't exactly what he was doing all the time
1: yeah and but he had he didn't have enough control for the sequels empire and return and they were controlled by the studios and the studios were like we're getting our own directors and we're getting someone else to write it and you can help. And people with are all gonna of like them. Yeah. And like that's that was his role. And the and those are the those are for the best Star Wars. So Yeah.
0: So, you know, there's been a lot of new Star Wars movies come out in the last like five, ten years. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get into this too deep, but like obviously Mandalorian was really popular. I really liked Boba Fett. Have you seen the Obi Wan Kenobi Disney series? Yep.
1: Do you like it? I liked it, yeah. Oh, I didn't like it. I enjoy it like, I like it's it's enjoyable. Like it and like it was goofy. It was very Disney. Yeah, I mean that's what
0: Disney does. Yeah, but like Boba Fett and Mandalorian didn't feel so goofy to me.
1: Yeah, I mean I think it's because those aren't mainline Star Wars characters, and like there has to be a bit of. A, I mean, you're still working with one of the best star wars characters well the two of the best star wars characters in the history of star wars and you couldn't be too dark because they want to make it approachable for kids so
0: i guess i didn't like it my de- my friend dennis mackart called it the baby leia show which i thought was pretty funny maybe others have coined that that's where i heard it and uh i mean mandalorian was john favreau like the the lady that directs the obi-wan show i was not impressed with
1: you know for the this and that, the last thing I want to say about that, about this and that, is that John Williams did the the score for this movie, I mean, in, like he does for all Star Wars movies, but Duel of Fates is, like, one of the greatest, like, Star Wars, like, tracks of all time. Um, are you familiar with Duel of Fates?
0: Yeah, that song's badass.
1: So, Duel of Fates is this, like, I mean, next to the opening for all Star Wars movies, like, Duel of Fates has now gone throughout all of the remaining Star Wars movies, and it always comes up between fights, between either Anakin and Obi-Wan or whenever. Like, whenever there's a big battle that's happening, it's... That song plays, and they used it in the latest uh, Obi wan series, and they used it a lot in the, the 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 sequel trilogy. It's a really good song, a really good. Not it's not a song, is it? It's more of a. What do you call that, Adam? Orchestra. I don't Orchestral. Know. Anyways, it's a really, and I didn't want to like. I wanted to mention him in that song because it. It's a it, score. It's a score, thank you. It's a. It's but it's mainline in all Star Wars going forward.
0: Doom shit. All right, so we gotta talk about Jar- the Jar Jar Binks travesty,
1: and, and as like this, sh-
0: you know, I had sort of an epiphany when I rewatched this, and my and I'm gonna make a statement for some of you, and, and it's gonna make some of you a little uncomfortable. Jar Jar Binks is a ripoff of the Olsen Twins from Full House. Like his dialogue is literally excuse me, you and Big Doo-Doo, and how wooed. Like he literally says how wooed, which like fucking. The Olsen twins made famous in, like, 1991. Yeah. And, like, he sticks his tongue out at people, and so like, he's just a big goof. Like, he's, like, he's so unlikable and stupid and annoying. And it's like, I get that he's George Lucas and he's in charge, but where the fuck was his, like, circle of advisors saying, you've got to tone this fucking alien down. This is stupid.
1: Jar Jar Binks is, like, the biggest, like, like what the F moment. You know, the only reason why I imagined... George Lucas got to do the remaining of these sequels is because how much money they made. Jar Jar Binks was, he could have ruined this movie. He did ruin it. He did. He didn't could have, he did, but it could have just killed it in the box office. But there's no,
0: there's no, there's no one to blame for Jar Jar Binks. Like there's no, like, like there was an actor obviously that played like the suit or whatever with a blue, blue mask on or whatever, but nobody knows his name. You have to blame George Lucas. You have to like, there's no scapegoat for this.
1: You know? Yeah. I've often thought, why don't they just go and just redub the this character? Like why don't they just go in this like everyone hates it. Go and just redub Jar Jar Binks with a different voice actor or different like just a like don't have him do this terrible, like black slave, like I don't even know if that's correct, but like No, I've heard that a lot. But anyways, I I don't I, I don't understand it. It's it ruins the movie for me and it's hard anytime he's on scene bad. He's, he's the
0: real menace, not Darth Maul. He's the fucking menace. That's true. Um, And, yeah. and what about the Gungan king? You know, he like shakes his fucking jowls and he slobbers over like a fucking St. Bernard, like Beethoven. And why is he the only fat one? He, he doesn't look like he's the same race
1: as the others. His kings are often fat because they are...
0: Yeah, that's fine, but like, I didn't see any other fat ones. And was there even any lady fucking Gungans? Who,
1: I don't know. Maybe they're hermaphrodites. Maybe they... Maybe they don't have. They switch sexes. Yeah, maybe they, whenever when it, whenever. So, so Jar Jar could be a woman. He could be. Okay. He mm-hmm. could be. Um. Um.
0: So anyway, what what didn't you like?
1: I didn't like Jake Lloyd. I don't. I I I will always say for the life of me, they should have just cast an older, like teenage, like boy. I think it should have just been like. I don't know they probably didn't have Hayden Christensen yet, but I always think like this movie would make so much more sense if if it was Hayden Christensen at thirteen. And like that was the character like because that makes that would explain a lot more like of his anger, of his angst, of him not being able to be trained properly. That is my biggest like, why don't they just go old? a little bit older? That would make so much more sense because when you look at the 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 younglings later in the, the movies is like they're all around the same age as Jake Lloyd. They're all like eight years old. It's not like he's like. Yeah, but they've been being trained for like nine years, you know, since inception. The last scene where like fucking anakin decides like oh, i'm gonna fly this ship and then accidentally destroy this the base in the sky
0: they set him up as a pilot like a little phenom young pilot couldn't he have it would have been better if he did it himself at least than it yeah. was an accident like that
1: like at least
0: i don't know it just felt so stupid yeah it was just
1: stupid it was dumb i will say one of the dumbest things is in the final fight in the like the the lightsaber fight between Darth Maul and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan, there's a force field that separates the two Jedi from Darth Maul, which makes zero sense. It's a plot device. What, like, to to make it so Qui-Gon gets killed? like, To separate them so they can have a one-on-one battle where you see
0: Qui-Gon die, and um, then fucking Ewan McGregor jumps in afterwards. It's stupid. It's very it's very forced and and you can, as a oh. writer you can see it like right away you're like oh i see what he's doing this is and it's very obvious
1: yeah like and why are there force fields there like, i mean it's a i don't know That way. that's yeah. the thing
0: that's stupid about it it's like it's not that separating them is bad it's not that how you want to play out the fight scene is bad it's that the way you did it with these weird force fields in the middle of nowhere that come on and off for what reason are they like Are are they separating flies like like what the fuck could those possibly serve the Viceroy puppets Mm. their mouths don't sync up right to their to their dialogue it's so distracting where the fuck is the 150 million dollar budget there. I don't know. That's a great question, dude. You you made you made a pod race out of CG that went on for like eight minutes and it looked amazing. But you can't get these fucking Viceroy puppets mouths
1: to move at the right time that they talk. Them using how they use like CGI to like practical like a, effects like a, like a puppets like it didn't make much sense in this movie because like they should have been CGI if they. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. In the notes, you mentioned R2D2 and C3PO. Like, yeah, the inclusion of them, like, they do it for this, for the money. It's all about merchandising. Like, you know, the The Benjamins. The the funniest thing from Spaceballs is when they're talking about merchandising Spaceballs, the cereal, Spaceballs, the whatever. And I'm just like, whenever they place these characters in Star Wars movies now, it's just like, this is all for making some money
0: how does it how does it make money i don't see how having c-3po is like a half-built droid and anakin's fucking you know i don't know that is shanty town makes them money you're saying there's fans out there who's like i'm not gonna go see this unless c-3po's in it as like a half put together fucking droid
1: i think you've got to have star you have to have the minute that have star wars like
0: they both felt forced they i are don't very hate forced. r2d2 in this movie but how can you hate him he doesn't really say anything right like, it, it was fine Like, I would have been
1: fine with R2-D2 as they used R2-D2, but the
0: C-3PO thing was
1: really stupid. It was really stupid. And they were just trying to set that up, like, oh, like, Anakin Skywalker created C-3PO.
0: So my question about that is, so when George Lucas decided to do that, was he pandering to the Star Wars nerds, or is he the biggest Star Wars nerd and he was pandering to himself?
1: I think he's pandering him to, to himself. He, because for those who don't know, Star Wars, a new like A New Hope, in the crawl, when it was originally opened, there was no like episode number. Like it was never episode four, A New Hope. It was just A New Hope. And then there was this idea that like, there was more that happened before the movie and there's this prequel series. And so like, the idea is like, this has always existed. And so I think it's just George Lucas trying to like make shit happen. Well, he made shit happen. You got to give him that. The The last thing I want to say is the movie ends with an open,
0: ca- open casket incineration <laughs> funeral of Liam Neeson, where everyone gathers around him to watch him slowly burn away into ash and inhale his ashes. And I thought, this is what I want my friends to do at my funeral. I want you to have me out on a slab, roasting marshmallows over my burning ass. And I want you all to breathe me in. So I can continue existing in all of you and my friends and family. Will you do that
1: for me if I die before you? Will you honor that? Rep- um, I think that's a a thing you have to take up with Jill, because um, she's going to be the no, one. No, she said mi- she's
0: not coming. She said she's not coming to the funeral. She said she'll have moved on already.
1: You need to make. You need to put that in your will, but I don't think we can legally do that in America, Adam. So we're going to have to go to go on an offshore island. We we'll have to go do the, Do an it in a country account. that allows it. Um, but I'm, I'm down.
0: It's a little, it's a little Viking-esque, right? Like the shooting the you send the ship out to sea and you shoot a fire arrow on it. It kind of burns away into the ocean, which is kind of cool. That's fine too. If that's the best I can get, that's what I want you to do. Okay. Like a Viking. Kill me like that. Kill you like a Viking. Or feed me to something. I I don't like the idea of being buried in a box. I think that's very restrictive. I want to be out in the fucking app.
1: You can still just get incinerated, but you can still get whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, cremated. I know, but like that's
0: basically. I know, but that's like basic bitch stuff now. Like everybody gets cremated. I want something like memorable, memorable, you know. You
1: want you want like a live cremation?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I want I want what qui Gon Jin had. I want you to stand around, open casket incineration, and I want you to roast marshmallows and breathe in my fucking fumes. Into your lungs. No masks. Mask prohibited. No, no thanks. You're coming, just so you know.
1: Man, I hope I hope I die I hope I die before you.
0: It's just so you don't have to do that. Yeah. So the movie was 133 So the movie was 133 minutes. It's only 51% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is it's actually rotten. So Rotten Tomatoes says if you're not 60% you're rotten. Yeah. So it's a rotten Star Wars, and it's rotten to m- most people. I'm I'm a little surprised it got 51% from critics. I could see it from audience, but from critics, I don't know what critics are praising this.
1: I'm look, I have the, I have the Rotten Tomatoes pulled up right now. I mean, it is based off of 235 reviews, so like they are taking a lot. No, that's a lot of reviews. The audience. Yeah, the audience score is not much higher. It's 59%. That's rotten too. These, this entire prequel series is not great. Like not great. They're they're fun to rewatch on a nostalgia factor. They're somewhat fun to watch on a, if you're a star Wars fan, you what, like trying to like learn some about some of the canon. but other than that, like there's not really, they're not, they're not that rewatchable in my opinion. Final thought is they're not that rewatchable. Yeah. And you can, you can watch, you can watch all of it, all of star Wars on Disney plus. So uh go, you can go check it out there and yeah. Do they have their own fucking category called
0: star Wars on Disney plus that I, that I borrow from your brother. Actually, your bro- from your niece, your niece Charlie loans me her Disney plus.
1: That's very nice of her. Uh It is nice. I keep meaning to send her something. You, I will. You should send her something. I sent Jordan something once. I sent him like a gift card. I will say this. My last take on all the Star Wars stuff is that I will say at least Disney has found a way to make Star Wars enjoyable again. It was not doing well in the hands of George Lucas, and I really like what they're doing with the IP now. No, I agree. I really like Mandalorian. I really liked Boba Fett. Yeah. I didn't
0: like the Baby Leia show. That's but I, I liked the others two a lot. Yeah. Except no, my friend Tyler, my friend Tyler likes to point out how lame the, the like neon colored biker kids are. Oh in god, Boba those, Fett, those... which I agree with. They're pretty pretty fucking lame.
1: I mean, Boba Fett was basically just like Mandalorian, but they just had Bob Boba Fett in the first couple episodes, so.
0: I liked it, but I agree with my friend Tyler. Those skater or those biker kids are really stupid. And they're like pastel colored fucking clothes and shit. It's yeah. really lame.
1: Those were, they were really, I, I did giggle when they came on screen. I definitely enjoyed, I enjoyed Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, well, good. Brendan enjoyed Obi-Wan Kenobi. No one enjoyed
0: Star Wars episode one, the Phantom Menace. But if you enjoy us, you can give us those bomb ass five-star reviews on Apple iTunes music, reach out to us, super 90s brothers at gmail.com at super 90s brothers on twitter at spillcast pods if you want to get your knitting circle podcast done by brennan adampitzer.com if you want to read some of my scripts or check out my short films we're here for you the people reach out to us about 90 shit you want to hear more about and we will consider it and we will probably respond because we're really cool cats like that do you have anything else to say brennan
1: i i don't um may the force be with you
0: may the force be with you for burning pointer i am adam j Pitzler. this has been another force wielding episode of super 90s brothers phantom menace style and remember if you're a little kid that wants to bang natalie portman your chances are probably better than you think
1: see